John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Berean's podcast, hosted by me, Nate Penley, and I'm sitting across the table here with my very good friend and pastor, Scott McGrady. How are you doing, Scott? Good. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. So we are starting up this podcast here as a ministry extension of North Valley Baptist Church. Um, we've been talking about this for a little while now, and we're, we're just now getting the microphone set up and trying to record here. So uh, this may be a bit of a... Uh, of a trial run here, the first round. So give us a little bit of grace. Some comical relief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but we've been talking and trying to figure out our, our goal here for this. Um, we're going to call it a ministry. Um, <laughs> I'm going to call it a ministry. Our goal here is, uh, is, is the theme being the Blue Collar Bereans. Um, we want to encourage and equip everyday church members to search the scriptures for truth and apply it to our lives. Um, and this is going to take us to uh, what our authority of everything should be, and that is the scriptures. Um, and so, here at North Valley, I'm grateful to say that uh, you, know, you said in our, our very own uh, Sunday school classes, as as we've been going through some systematic theology and and different stuff, but starting off with how uh, the goal and thrust, the theme of what our church is going to be, is going to be a uh, Bible-centered church, um, and I think that's that's very important. You want to expand on that a little bit about being Bible-centered and why that's important. Well, sure. The the Bible is our authority for our faith and practice, and as we read in Second Timothy chapter three, uh, verses sixteen and seventeen, it says all Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. And so even just the uh, saying that Scripture is God-breathed, it's, it's what God has breathed out. You know, there's the argument of, you know, it's just, it was written by man. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, it was written by man, but God, His Holy Spirit, uh, directed them to write as they did, uh, protecting uh, His truth and, and what He desired uh, to be recorded, um, but yet using their talents, their abilities, um, their personalities to do so. And uh, but it is what God breathed out. It is His word. Uh, it is the truth from Genesis to Revelation, and, and that very notion implies its authority. That when the Bible speaks, God speaks, um, and uh, so therefore that is how we are to align our lives. That is how we are to align the church and what we do. And uh, and so when we want to know what truth is, we we come to the Scriptures. We come to God's word. Uh, and so I think, as you know, as you said, Nate, that we want to, the goal here of this podcast and being equipping and, uh, and encouraging to search the scriptures for truth and apply it to our lives. And so uh, coming here to the scriptures with uh, the different things that we may talk about in this podcast um, is uh, what we want to encourage people, pushing them back to the scriptures and not, not take what they hear on the radio or hear from a TV preacher or whatever it may be, but to 
to search the scriptures themselves to, to know truth. Thus the name Berean. Right. What is a Berean? <laughs> well, the, just for those who probably have no clue what a Berean is, a I, I mentioned this to a work friend about the name being blue collar Berean, and they're like, uh, I guess that's a term that I should know what it means. I'm like, well, <laughs> you're going to learn what it means. That's right. What is a Berean? So the, the Bereans came from Berea, um, and uh, they uh, are said in, in Acts chapter 17 that they were to, they were more noble uh, than the Thessalonians who lived in Thessalonica uh, because as Paul went there uh, with Silas and preached, they didn't just take Paul at his word when he told them about the Messiah and he, he preached to them, but he they searched the scriptures to see if what Paul was saying was true. Right. And so they, they were more noble in that sense instead of just taking Paul at his word. Uh, they yeah. wanted to know this is true. Right. They just, they just didn't believe him blindly. Right. Because um, we aren't necess- We are not called to a blind faith. Right. We're called to to search the scriptures, and and God has revealed Himself. So that is the standard of what we're going to be going by here at the Blue Collar Berean Podcast. Um, which now that we've got that out of the way, that can lead us to our main topic. Which today, being that we're recording this in the middle of the. COVID-19 pandemic, um, we thought it appropriate to discuss worship um, and just what exactly that entails, as, especially as our worship has changed a little bit in the last few weeks here. It's, it's definitely not, not the same as it, as it used to be. But we thought first we could jump into um, our main topic here, which is worship. And one of the things with that, you know, just because, you know, as you said, things have are kind of different now at the moment, which we want to understand what we should be in worship and what the point is in all of those things that even though right now, due to the circumstances, we have to look to do things a little differently, but we should be longing for what we once did and longing for when we can get back to that, not get comfortable with uh, streaming messages and... Right just being at home on a Sunday morning, sleeping in or whatever may be right. going on for different ones, but we, we want to get back to. Right. Uh, and so that was the drive behind this topic being here for right. today. Watching, watching you talk on a computer screen with no pants on at home is just not <laughs> going to be the same as actually being forced to put pants on and fellowship with other people. Um, and yeah, cause it's, it's, uh, that's where we, we, we desire to be. We should long to be there. Um, but what is worship? Um, let's start with just defining what worship is. Um, I've, I've read a few good books here in the last year or two, um, and I, I certainly highly recommend this book by uh, Bob Coughlin called True Worshippers. Um, it's a pretty short book. Um, and so for those who might even say, like, I'm not a great reader, um, it's, it's really a, a very simple read. He reads... He writes very, uh, very in a way that's very easy to understand and, and does a very good job taking the time to lay out just what worship is um, and what God expects from his word. And he has lots of scripture involved, so you can double-check his word to make sure what he's saying is in, is in proper context and, and all of that. But um, he basically starts out by saying worship is a response to revelation. Um, and I think that's a pretty good working definition to start. Um, in defining what a true worshiper is, worship involves revelation. Um, and as we pointed out 
we believe the scriptures is our final authority of revelation, so we're going to go to that. But um, it's not mindless. It's it's uh, it involves truth, um, and so we need to know what the truth is and what is this truth that we can worship. Um, it's the person of God, right? It's uh, it's the person of God. It's Jesus Christ. It's it's the uh, the whole picture of His gospel message. Um, and so getting that right from the beginning is, is certainly important in order to be able to worship properly. That's right, because we were, were made to worship, and we by nature right. worship, but it's always a question of what are what? we worshiping. Right. And, uh, you know, I think very often people don't recognize they're worshiping in a lot of ways when they're, you know, the things that they're making a priority in their life and uh, the things that are so, that they at least feel are so detrimental to their life that when it's taken away because of something like a pandemic or whatever else, how much their life is shaken and how emotional they get through those things, they they don't see that that's because that's that's their worship. That's that's where their heart is set. That's what, that's what has their heart and is the priority in their yeah. life and the seat of affection in their life. So can I worship by myself? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> certainly. Certainly. We can go to his word. Um, we can even stream a message um, on Sunday. We can, we can listen to some music. We can sing along with the music, be reminded of truth. But that only takes us so far, um, which I think would lead us to the question, why, is, why corporate worship? Why do we need to worship um, with people and not just me, myself, my Bible. Yeah, I've, I've been witnessing some Roman Catholic friends and they, they're still kind of stuck in that church and, and they don't really believe what the Roman Catholic Church teaches anymore. But, you know, I just figure that's a place where I can go, I can worship God. And, you know, I don't know if what they're saying is right or wrong, but it's, it's where I'm going to go and, and basically engage in some, some truths and, and worship my Creator. Um, and I know even in uh, other circles, I've encountered arguments where, you know, I don't necessarily need to be in a church because the church is where there's a bunch of people I don't like, um, a bunch of people that are sinners. You know, they're, usually the church people are much worse than I am. So all I need is, is my truth, my gospel truth, my, you know, my God. Is that enough? Well, what is your gospel truth in your God? I mean, you say it that way. I mean, I think, I think that implies you're not going to the scriptures to say who God is and what the gospel is, because there's not, you know, it's not the, you know, the the postmodernism of, you know, your truth is relevant to you, and, you know, it's that's what's good for you, and my truth is good for me. I mean, that's where we create idols, and uh, and therefore we break the commandments, because we've made a God in our own image, a God uh, of our own liking, instead of following the God that describes himself in scripture. Um, and, and so that's where, too, where Again, there's why corporate worship. Um, there's accountability in corporate worship mm-hmm. and pointing each other back to the scriptures. What about the idea that um, Coughlin wrote this in his book? And I thought it was interesting. Um, he goes all the way back to Genesis, starting with it's not good that man should be alone. Um, and kind of makes a case that we were built for relationship. But... You know, obviously we know the story. There was sin and, and there was a, a breaking of that relationship. So we don't have the perfected relationship with God yet. Um, we're still waiting for that to come. But there's still that idea that it's not good that man's alone. And he gave him a helper. Um, 
and and that's obviously in a marriage context, but I think there's a truth there that says that we should have community. We should have um, people in our lives to help edify, to help uh, encourage and to grow and to strengthen and, and friends. Uh, we just went through a, a chapter in our book that we've been going through, the, the Disciplines of a Godly Man, talked about friendship. I thought it was a really good chapter um, about seeking friendships that will help us achieve goals um, pertaining to life and godliness. Sure, you can go to the gym and work out by yourself, but when you have a partner there pushing you, helping you go a little bit harder, you, you're, you're going to be able to get a lot more done. Just being able to have that that community, it's it's. I, I don't think we can really survive without it. Um, well, I think it comes back to, as well, like you're pointing to the creation account, that we are created in God's image. Right. And God is a, and many point this out, and I think they're right, God is a, a relational God. I mean, he, he has that relationship within himself and the Godhead uh, being three in one. And he created us uh, to have relationship with him, but also in, in relate to be in relationship with each other. And I think to your point, too, of using the illustration of going to the gym, I mean, again, yeah, in in the church and coming together, there's that corporate uh, accountability, being under the word together, and so holding each other accountable to that word that we're both together under. Um, you see how the church, uh, as Christ designed it, is to function. He functioned it with there being different parts, that each one does its part in serving one another. And so uh, part of the coming together is the church and, and longing for that being together and not the distance that we have to practice now, <laughs> but uh, longing for that time coming back together, I think, is part of in obeying the, the one another commands, you know? And so there is that, that, um, that necessity for that relationship and, and building each other up and pushing each other forward, and, and we do that in different ways. Um. What about special circumstances? We have, we have a mandate. I don't know if it's a mandate or a request from Pennsylvania. I forget. I know a lot of different states are different, but it's being in, called an order. So in, I don't know. In Pennsylvania, <laughs> give, they've given us an order for social distancing, um, amongst other things, and closing of essential businesses or uh, non-essential businesses. And if you've been deemed essential, you can still be out and about. Is this podcast um, essential? I think so. <laughs> Um, but, uh, from what I've heard, you know, the best arguments is according to Romans 13, we're going to submit to our authorities, submit to our rulers. They've asked by order, whatever you want to call it, that, you know, we, we not congregate in groups of more than 10. And so that pretty much wipes out pretty much every church across the nation, um, for meeting as we normally do. Um, and so for the love of our neighbor for trying to not spread this potentially deadly virus. Um, we're going to submit to those authorities. And in this time, we're not, we're going to neglect meeting together, which seems to go right against the grain from what we know from Hebrews chapter 10 it says not to neglect. Um, so is this neglecting? Right. So that's the question. That right? is the question. So what would make something neglecting and make it a valid reason to not be in church? Uh, being dead <laughs> is one. Uh, if, I'm going to say being deathly ill, maybe. I was going to say, if you, so if you, <laughs> if you have the flu, right. you're going to be coming and you're sniveling and maybe you should stay home. Yeah. I love you, brother. Stay home. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the, I think Al Mohler's comments on the briefing, I think were really good. 
that as he talked about that this isn't neglect uh, one because you know there, there's a time for civil disobedience um, if the government was singling out churches and if it was because they were against Christianity uh, then that time for um, civil disobedience would would be there we, we obey mm-hmm. God rather than man um, but that's not what they're doing right. um, it is it is for safety and looking to be wise and uh, right. and so I think that as we look at their reasoning behind it I think Moeller was right that, that this this would not be neglect because it's not like oh, I just want to go to the game or I just want right. to sit home and whatever I woke up with too much lint between my toes right. so I don't feel like uh, this is you know there, there's there's reason behind it that aren't directed at right it's not persecution right it's affecting every aspect of our lives i mean i've i was laid off last week and i'm gonna be out of work here for a little bit and it's not like i'm skipping church so i can work more and make more money that i don't necessarily need or go like i say going to the game or i just stayed up too late the night before right um uh, this is this is to show love to our neighbor so it's not really a neglect it's Neglect wouldn't really be the right word. This would be, um, not sure what the word would be. I think it would be honoring the authority of the government over right. us in this case. As you said, as you pointed to Romans 3, no, or sorry, 12, 13. 13. We'll get there <laughs> eventually. Just keep throwing numbers out there. <laughs> That's right. Romans 13. <laughs> this is the first time we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little nervousness, yeah. nervousness in this. So, uh <laughs> But I think that's that's what it is, though. I think it is, in this case, is the government is seeing this as wise. The government's job is to protect its people. I mean, right, right. there in Rome, that's that's part of right. the purpose of the government. And so in respecting that and respecting their, their orders, uh, I think it is wise then for us not to meet. But then it comes to what can we do, right? Right. And, and we, even before we started recording, we were talking about the different ones that may have different opinions on right. what we can and cannot do then at this time is it wise then for us to be streaming our services or our messages right uh, when we talk about what is worship so then why so i think it brings us back to the question then why corporate worship well i mean in you mean in response to what we're doing here we're trying to achieve some amount of corporate worship as best as we can with the tools that we can Mm -hmm. the tools we have available keeping in mind that they they are not true replications of corporate worship, um, and so we're we're throwing out you know streaming services and, and I've tried to post some some videos of my family singing songs in the living room so other families could sing along with us, um, and then we we have the tool of of Zoom to try to meet for our prayer meetings and and spend some time sharing prayer requests and actually praying. Uh, through the internet together um, to try to, to edify as best as we can with the tools that we can we have available to us. But keeping in mind that this this is not face-to-face, there are certain limitations to that. I know, we, like I said, we talked before, um, this is going to play into a little bit of our ecclesiastical structure, and that's just the, the doctrine of the church. What, what is the church? The church is people coming together, and there is, there is a face-to-face element in that church to be able to serve each other. So we can't, we can't do some things. Um, we talked about the ordinances. You know, There's just really no way we're going to be able to achieve communion or baptism, um, certain elements of, of accountability. It's, it's just re- it's really going to be hindered by not being together face-to-face. 
doing work side by side, encouraging each other, you know, face to face. It's just it's it's an essential thing that we should be longing to have. We should be looking forward to. And, you know, we do the best of what we can um, for the time being. And hopefully this is something we can have in addition to uh, our church here that they can listen to this conversation, try to chime in a little bit, um, engage with it, get their minds thinking in about, you know, throughout the week here, ways to help them to grow, um, that they can engage with a, a topic in Scripture that we're going to discuss here. Um, so this is another way we can do it. But like I say, I, I do think there's limitations. Some people pointed out to me what different churches are doing for communion, as we discussed, and, you know, trying to do it over live streaming and and i'm not and don't get me wrong and i don't think that you know they're necessarily bad churches. i mean most of them i don't even most churches that people pointed out to me are doing this i know nothing about those churches and so i'm not saying that they're you know this this makes them bad people or anything i just i just don't see how we we do that you're putting boundaries over right you know this is this is shared together within the the membership the membership that holds each other accountable and and so there's just not aspects of accountability that in this distancing that we're just not able to achieve right and two you know we're, we're not able to, to again see each other face to face approach each other and whatnot and and two when you're streaming who knows who's joining in or at what point they joined in and you know did they did they hear where we make the qualifications of this is for believers you know <laughs> repentant believers coming together right. and and whatnot uh and so I, there's just all that complication that just takes away from what communion is yeah and celebrating the lord's table uh and so yeah i don't i don't think we can do that and as we think about too what 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 is the church uh the church is uh repentant believers yeah the uh, the word church uh, is translated from the word for a a called out assembly, so the idea of we we assemble, yeah, <laughs> that that's what we are this assembly, and um, and two in that we're we're also we see in scripture we're we're a family right I mean we've mm-hmm. been going through First John, yeah. and clearly he 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 refers to us as, as brothers and sisters he refers to the the family of God, uh, scripture in Ephesians talks about how we've been adopted in Christ. And so in that a family relationship, Facebook Live and Zoom just hmm. shouldn't cut it. <laughs> yeah. It, and it doesn't. I, I mean, this could go on a whole side tangent about social media, but I, it's, social media has never really, never really captured my heart and soul for, for relationship. I, it just, it's, it's, never, it's never quite enough. I don't want to spend too much time ranting and raving about social media like an old guy, but, <laughs> <laughs> but if that's where you're spending... The vast majority of your time, cut it out. Right. Cut it out. It's not good. Um, we we need to be we need to have real life face to face interactions, and that's that's the church needs it as well. Um, you don't see. You know, I said this before. I don't know if this illustration works, but I think it's kind of a fun, silly one. You don't know, see the apostle Paul, the apostle Paul writing in one of his epistles. You know, let's you know take communion, break the bread on December twenty third uh, at six o'clock, and I'll do the same. And then it'll be like we're taking it together. It just doesn't work, you know. So the idea of taking communion, you know, through the video feed, I don't want to be too judgmental about other people that are trying to do different things, but I just feel like there is a face-to-face element that we need to be together to do right. that. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think just the design of the church is being together. Again, we're assembly. Uh, you know, we read in Romans uh, 12, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Peter 4, um, 
you know, those passages on the spiritual gifts. And so we, we are members of a body. So that body has to be together for the body to function as it's supposed to, and each member doing its part. And so uh, each one serving the other and doing those things, I mean, it takes that being together. You know, when we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 to 17, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. And I know a lot of people use this verse to say, well, yeah, see, you shouldn't smoke, you shouldn't drink, because your body's the temple of God. Um, and there's, I mean, there's truth to that. I mean, in the idea of being the temple, that the Spirit indwells us, and, and does the Spirit indwell us as individual believers? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but in context here, Paul's talking about the gathering of the church, that mm-hmm. in our gathering, the Spirit indwells our gathering because as he indwells you and as he indwells me when we're together he's he's mm-hmm. indwelling us all where he's he's indwelling that that assembly and so looking at that as being the temple of god in the church coming together and and why does he talk about destroying the temple the one who destroys the temple god will destroy well i think in context paul's looking at those who are causing division and he talks about those who laid another foundation other than jesus christ other than right. the gospel and so in those situations, I mean, you can't you try to put a new foundation under a building. You can't do that without destroying the building, right? No. <laughs> uh, and, and so I think it's in the, those two things in the context of why, you know, Paul's talking about destroying the temple. And it's so important because as God is holy who indwells the temple, uh, the temple then is holy. Mm-hmm. But I think this shows then that there's something, even though, as you said, you know, he indwells us as individual believers, but there's something to the gathering. There's something to the coming together. Uh, In 1 Peter 5, or sorry, chapter 2, verse 5, it says, You yourselves are living stones. A a spiritual house are being built to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so you yourselves are living stones. So we have such a connection with Christ that he's saying there that, that we have that life in us. Uh, but we're these living stones were, that we build up in our gathering, I believe, that we build up into a spiritual house. That, again, we're that temple, that the assembly of the church is that temple in which God, through his Holy Spirit, indwells. And, and so, again, there's just something that is missed in our in not gathering. And yeah. so as, as convenient as it may feel to be able to just pop on my uh, Facebook uh, to watch a message. And, and again, I think we, we do the best we can in this time. Right. But that's, we don't want to get too comfortable there. Right. Instead of being comfortable there, we should be longing for what we've yeah. really been designed for. And so yeah. longing for when we get back together. And so that really is my concern with all of this. That, right. again, yeah, we, we do what we have to do. Uh, we, we do we make the best of our circumstances because yeah. um, we do want to love we want to love the the elderly among mm-hmm. us here we want to love um, those who may have underlining health issues right. here among us and and love their families as they when we do disperse and go out mm-hmm. uh, that whatever could be spread or taken isn't taken even beyond ourselves to somebody else as well right. but we want to love those around us and so yeah we do want to practice wisdom but we don't want to get comfortable here we yeah. want to long to be together you know as paul says in romans twelve ten that we're to love one another with brotherly affection mm-hmm. um and again yeah facebook and zoom just doesn't cut it to be with our family no we certainly mentioned a lot of scriptures here. Look them up. Um, be nice if we could make a list of that. Sure. And have it there. Um, everyone can check that out. But don't take our word for it. Right. Search the scriptures. Be a Berean. <laughs> Blue collar. And we will see you next time.